This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Good Things on the Bigger Picture, the show where we speak to good people doing good things. So for close to four decades now, Five Arts Centre have been creating, experimenting and educating. Known for their interdisciplinary and intercultural work, the collective have been bringing social, political and cultural issues to the stage through performances, exhibitions, creative seminars, research workshops and arts advocacy. So they recently moved to a new space and as they have put it, have been navigating some significant changes recently and today are the show. We're going to look back at Five Arts' long list of achievements and also find out some of their plans for the future from arts practitioners, activists and members of Five Arts Centre, Jun Tan and Mark Tay. Welcome both of you. How are you today? Hi, Juliet. Thanks for having us on board. It's really nice to hear your voice again. I mean, we do hear your voice, but it's nice to hear your voice talking to us. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Uh, Mark, how are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice to uh, be on here and to... Um, kind of look back at four decades of work and try and muddle through that with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited to do that. And, um, you know, first of all, congratulations on the move, you know, the new space, all of these new things planned. Before we get to that, maybe I thought it might be interesting for this segment, you know, just for folks who are unfamiliar with Five Arts work to sort of uh, go back to the start, you know, to to find out how the organisation was founded back in 1984. You know, how did, who were those five, you know, who made up the Five Arts Centre at the start? Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. In the 18th century, Francis Light set himself set foot <laughs> on Penang Island. Thus began a history of colonization. And then it led to 1984, where a group of people decided to respond to this decolonization, um, came together to search for this idea of uh, Malaysian identity. And this comes after, what, 10 years after the racial riots? Um, so it was um, kind of an urgency to see what kind of uh, new imagination the nation can have. This was in the this was in the eighties, nineteen eighty four. So yeah, Mark knows the other details. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the key word that June kind of provided us with really is decolonization, right? Um, because you know, at this point in time in the eighties, um, people the the five uh, founder members were the theater directors Christian Jit and Jin San Sui, the dancer choreographer Marion De Cruz, um, visual artist Reza Piadasa, and the writer novelist K S Maniam. You know, each. Um, of the men were in their 40s, and uh, Marion, who is the only remaining founder member now, uh, was in her 30s, and each had actually established their own kind of trajectory and practice in their own respective fields. Um, I guess what kind of brought them together was this question of thinking about the post-colonial situation, um, decolonizing the art forms that they were known for, um, you know, sub most of them quite self-consciously, um, and then kind of realizing like, look, there are certain gaps in the Malaysian arts ecosystem at that point in time. And there are shared gaps, you know, across disciplines. So maybe we should come together, um, work together and look at how to address these gaps. I think central among some of those very early days kind of um, focuses was creating Malaysian stories, you know, putting them on stage. This was at a time when, especially in Malaysian theater, I guess, and, and Malaysian literature, um, I guess lots of lots of performances were being staged following Western models using Western scripts and so on and so forth. Um, and, and, and that was really the kind of impetus behind the initial phase of Five Arts Centre. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how the both of you got involved with it. Uh, so you probably joined maybe, what, a good uh, 20 years later? Would I, would I be correct in saying that? 
Actually, it was very scary when you said that four decades because Ma and I did a quick calculation and we've been with Five Arts Centre for two decades. Crazy. Um, so actually half of Five Arts history now. Um, of course, we're wondering why we're still like, you know, photocopying <laughs> program books and like <laughs> stapling stuff in the office. Like, don't we move on? But um, uh, this is just a joke. But um, <laughs> yeah, th- this idea about decolonization or post-colonialism is quite interesting because um, I feel like there's some aspects of that uh, that had actually spurred us to join Five Arts. Um, maybe like the decolonization of self or decolonization of the histories that we've been taught, um, kind of moving away from breaking away from the, the narratives that we've been fed. Um, so I think me personally, I was just really interested in also searching for it sounds so cliche, but like Malaysian art, or a sense of belonging. This was in the 90s when I came back after studying in the UK. Um, so we were on the threshold of what seemed like a possibility of moving into a developed nation. We were building the tallest buildings. We were, you know, there was a new airport. Everything seemed really promising in a very infrastructure and material way. Um, but then always this idea of what's behind that, what does it mean to be Malaysian, do I come up, do I go to office in a suit, you know, with kind of, you know, black heels and palms and, you know, why am I wearing this this kind of attire, you know, or, or do I consider, you know, the sarong kabaya or stuff like that. I mean, it just seemed really mundane in a way or quite vain or maybe, but just these ideas of like, you know, do I reach for um, pesto sauce or do I reach for <laughs> sambal sauce? You know, these things were quite interesting. And, and also it was like the, the start of kind of <laughs> oddly enough, like, you know, when wine started getting imported in, into Malaysia a lot. So there was this idea of kind of like the wine drinking thing. So you Malaysians were going through this kind of, we've always been going through this kind of, um, you know, Western influence coming in. Um, but there was this whole new kind of like, articulate, intelligent people coming back from overseas and actually what, what did Malaysia mean? And this is not new because the 80s we saw that too. Yeah. And I think that's how Instant Cafe and all that uh, came about. So so Five Arts kind of offered me a really like alternative uh, option to kind of consider these kind of questions in my head. Um, so I started working with them and assistant stage manager for a play called Family, which was set in a house. So um, it was based on Leo Poitin's writings and they had invited a few other writers to also contribute. And I was just really, I mean, I knew Poitin's work because one of the very first plays I saw was Three Children and that completely blew my mind. So if anybody hasn't seen it, please go and see it or please read it. Um, you know, voices that were very familiar, very Malaysian um, and very performative and very interesting and very exciting. It just seemed like a new, whole new vocabulary for me. So Five Arts, you know, doing her play in a, a house about a little bit about family, filial piety, uh, history and all that just seemed also terribly exciting for me. Um, and because I was assistant stage manager, I to do, a, you know, my first production was not in a theatre, but to figure out like how to unstuck cars that were stuck in the mud because it had rained and then <laughs> we were, you know, that we had played an old bungalow. So all these very, very, very crazy uh, ideas and we had no chairs, there was no stage, people had to move around. Um, Mind you, this was like, you know, kind of like mid-90s. So it seemed terribly (laughs) experimental at that point. Uh, But now it's, you know, something that we we don't hesitate from doing. Mm -hmm. And how about for you, Mark? 
Um, so, you know, I, I kind of like got acquainted with Five Arts a little bit after June. Um, and it's really like the period of the Reformasi um, time. So it's like 98, 99. I was doing my A-levels at Taylor's College, forced to go and watch performances um, and review performances, um, navigating protests, tear gas, um, water cannons, um, Reformasi protests, to go underneath what was the main theater at the point in time um, where, where, where Theater and Care was located, the actor studio at Taran Mudeka. And there I would encounter not just the work of Five Arts Center, but you know, the work of Instant Cafe Theater, uh, Husser Sulaiman, Lee Sui Kyung, James Lee, Namron, um, you know, Lo Kopman, all these people who, who are still making work today and contributing to the theater scene. Um, and I think because of the kind of um, febrile atmosphere, the very political atmosphere that we had at that time, and literally it was happening above ground on top of the Taramudeka where the protests were converging. Um, this really resonated with me, you know, what was the distinction between like political performance as well as these experimental performances June alluded to mm. that, that happened kind of underground. And for someone who was not um, familiar, had no interest up to that point in both politics and theatre, it, it really allowed me to a great entry point to kind of discover Malaysia. And so in a way, almost like randomly, you know, I just like applied for a job with one of those companies and the company was Five Arts Centre. And here I am 20 years later, still sending out publicity materials and stapling programs with June. Yeah, maybe we're not very good at the job, right? We just seem to be like... And we never get the... promoted, huh? Nah. That's right, we should ask the collective, man. Talk we want our Rolex. Do you have a years. boss? Like, I think we need to talk to them, you know, about why you guys are still doing all of these things. But clearly, it's it's almost like a family, I would say. I mean, I've, I know you guys, and, and it's, it's a, it is a collective, and uh, I would say also very, very collaborative. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the interesting, I guess... Two, two interesting models, which um, I don't know, maybe still persist in our kind of imagination from those very early days of the 80s. One was that, um, you know, the collective, the five of them anyway, um, decided that they would not have an artistic director. So this is quite unusual, not yeah. just in the arts, in the performing arts, especially in Malaysia, but I think across across the world. Um, um, this doesn't mean that there are no hierarchies or statuses and all that. I mean, let's get that clear. Um, but, but they wanted to work um, in multiple directions, multiple focuses, you know, so people will produce for each other. So I think that spirit has always kind of stayed with us. And I guess a corollary to that is the second the second thing, which is really that, um, you know, when the five people who founded this, this collective, they were people who were focused in theater, dance, literature, and visual arts. And they left one open-ended they literally said oh we're just going to leave it open-ended and that will be the i don't know like new art forms or experimental art forms or emerging art forms and i think by now in 2022 you know we are very comfortable to say that we are actually that open-ended thing we, we don't really have to call ourselves like theater or dance or whatever um of course, people find it useful to refer to us as like, oh, they're a theater group or they, they, they do this language and that language. But for us, we're like, we're just an arts collective. Actually, there are a few points where, you know, like occurred to me, like, why are we uh, collective? And this word collaboration is um, banded a lot, around a lot. But what does it um, really mean? And I think the first time I realized that we were pretty much a collective was... Um, you can upset each other so much because, you know, you're very passionate about your project. So you can upset each other so much, but you can get over that 
Mm. And you can still stick together and work together and understand each other's quirks and directions and trajectories and kind of be respectful for, of that um, ultimately. You don't necessarily have to enjoy it, of course. You know, Mark knows, you know, he annoys me a lot of times. And, and, and I'm sure Mark um, has a lot to say as well, but yes. Of course. But, I, you know, almost akin to, like you said, family. Ironically, the first production I did with Firewatch. Yeah. But, you know, I often see Mark as my kind of little brother, like this annoying little brother when it comes to work. You know, I'm like, can you just answer my call? Can you just like, can you? And often I look at Mark and say, Mark, Honestly, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like see him try to wiggle his way out of <laughs> certain things, and of course, Ma has you know his his take on on me as the annoying naggy elder sister sort of kind of role. Um, but that also goes a- across the whole collective. You know, um, it's it's kind of family because you don't you don't necessarily have to be on the best terms all the time, but you you have agreed to stick together. I think. Um, and that's quite cool. So that sense is very strong in five arts. The second thing is this idea of um, witnessing for me. Um, and this comes over time and you can, you know, I've realized that I may not be actively involved in your project, but I witness what you've done. You know, I've seen uh, Fami Fadil, who's also a member of the collective, how, you know, he's from actor to where he is now as MP of Loma Pantai. On Mark's career, I actually first met Mark when he came for a poetry reading. Oh, uh, Charlene Rajendran's um, Mangosteen Crumble. I mean, uh, so that's when I first met Mark as this really like idealistic 19-year-old. And now he's an idealistic like 40-year-old. But, you know, kind of see him move that and be involved in his process. I feel like I'm witnessing Mark's thing and then Fami's thing um, and then Marin's career. Um, and just, you know, so this idea of, and then the, the younger people who come, you know, our interns, um, for example, Yiki was part of our, Yiki and Shafiq, they were part of our program called Tiga mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. And now they are performing an Ignite solo performance this weekend um, with the piece that they developed from that. So I feel like, of course, they, you know, I'm not part of that in a way, but I'm, I've been a witness to that. So that feels really uh, kind of wonderful. Um, in a sense, and they also, I feel, have been witness to my career, my trajectory, and where I have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a way, witness stroke, you know, endorsement on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> on a good day, uh, yeah. and then heated discussion on a bad day, you know. So, uh, to my, to what I've been doing with my life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this third thing about hierarchy, I, I think I really want to also touch on that because. Um, yes, I feel like there are sort of, you know, ref- instinctive hierarchies that people naturally bring to relationships, okay. um, which I think I personally do not agree with that. And so we try our best to really level things because we really want people to like come and stick their, their, their space, their own space. So even with our... Uh, emerging artist program to go we just said look this is we, this is the, your space you can do exact, uh, you know anything you want and I remember an artist came up and said like do you want to preview our work before uh, we move on and I'm like 
I'm not going to censor you. What are you talking about? Just do what you want. <laughs> you know, it's, it's completely up to you. So I think this is, again, this is kind of decolonization that we have because we're, you know, we have all these kind of invisible structures and I, I like who invented that for us, right? So mm. I think with five arts, this hierarchy is as, as much as possible flat. So what it means is if you want to do something, you say you want to do it, please go ahead and do it. So my job as producer is to provide that kind of platform for you to do it. If you need help, of course, we can jump in and help you. But you kind of need to figure out um, because I can't teach you everything or I don't know everything and, you know, we don't know everything, but um, you kind of need to take that kind of ownership. So that kind of debunks the, the hierarchy thing I, for me. Okay. All right. And let's just go for a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the new members uh, of the team and, you know, why you know why people keep coming back to Five Arts Centre and why new people are attracted to Five Arts Centre. I'm speaking today to Jun Tan and Mark Tay. They're both art practitioners, they're activists, and they are members of Five Arts Centre. It is another episode of Good Things and we are focusing on Five Arts Centre. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Good Things on The Bigger Picture, the show where we speak to good people doing good things. My good people today are Jun Tan and Mark Tay. They are arts practitioners, they are activists, they are members of Five Arts Centre and we are speaking about Five Arts Centre today. So before the break, guys, you were telling us a little bit about the history of Five Arts Centre and I guess, you know, the ethos uh, of, of the organisation. Let's talk a little bit about um, your performances now, perhaps, right? I think a lot of people do describe it as experimental, but would you say that there is a specific matrix uh, for creative processes at Five Arts? Um, I wouldn't say so, because I think that that would be really prescriptive, mm-hmm. you know, and I think as Jun, Jun just mentioned, you know, I think one of the points is that we try not to be prescriptive and we try to really kind of support um, different artists with their different questions, trajectories, uh, experimentations with form. I mean, even this word experimentation gets bandied around a lot. But yeah. of course, you know, experimentation, the, the nature of the questions that are being asked and experimentation changes over time as they need to be. Otherwise, you're just failing or succeeding with the same experiment, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of already know the results, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's taken for granted now that, you um, Malaysian stories on stage is no big deal. You know, you go to any theatre venue right now, you go to cloudtix.co to buy tickets. Um, the majority of the, the, the things on offer in the city, in Kuala Lumpur and, and across Malaysia, I would say are like Malaysian stories, no big deal, you know. Um, so that's that's become less significant, you know. Um, what's more significant um, might be other areas of, um, of making work. So, you know, trying to still innovate with some uh, newer forms or more contemporary forms. So, you know, like we invited the dancer choreographer Lee Rensing to join Five Art Center two years ago. She's someone who has very interesting ideas about choreography. She makes work on stage, but also over the same period. The last four years, she's been working a lot in her own neighborhood in PJ, walking, dancing, documenting um, uh, the community, the, sp- the spaces, the places, the people who are visible, not so visible, you know, women at certain parts of the day are not visible in the Taman, migrant workers come back only late at night and are visible only in the early morning. So she's been doing that kind of work. In my own work over the last few years, um, which June produces, you know, I've been kind of going on this trajectory of doing documentary performances, you know, working a lot with um, 
real people <laughs> or social actors as performers, you know, people performing as themselves and, and you know, using uh, documents from everyday life, sometimes history textbooks, legal documents, um, people's biographies, basically. Yeah. You know? So these these are the things that we feel like, oh, okay, um, we, we are kind of moving more and more towards. And this is just the stuff that's happening on stage. Um, off stage, we've been doing a lot of work related to kind of archival work, publication work, because we see that that's a gap, you know? So there's this My Arts Memory project, um, which was led by Kathy Rowland um, and, and produced by Ivy Josia, where we try and, you know, uh, upload and document um, um, Malaysian performing arts histories from the 1950s to present. Um, there's this Arts Education Archive Malaysia, which really looks at non-formal um, arts education in Malaysia, um, uh, across Malaysia and Singapore. And, and over the last few years, especially, we've really been looking at advocacy. This is a post, you know, May 9th, 2018 thing. Um, so five hours of the Secretariat for Reformatsi, June will have more, more, more to say about that. And also a little bit more recently, we've been looking at climate uh, activism, you know, a lot of it also through June's uh, Actually, that's June's trajectory within Fiber Center as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just uh, circle back on your thing about the matrix to, to make work. Um, maybe just like a little tip to people out there, like how we work. Um, it really kind of like to steer the process, maybe like three key points. Of course, the first is the conversation with the artists. They always have an idea. Um, and then, of course, the producer instinct kicks in because you just need to see two mo- other things. One is the proposal and the other is the budget. Mm-hmm. And I think once you kind of, you know, everybody go proposal, budget, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> um, it can be highly creative and highly, um, what's the word, when you really set the tone and direction for this, because all you need to do is ask an artist, okay, you got a nice idea. How many dancers do you see? And then, you know, they're thinking in their head already, okay, how big is the show? How many dancers do I really need? okay, I want to talk about um, feminism, but what does it mean? Like, how many dancers do I need? So, And then the producer has to go and kind of help you figure it out. So I think proposal and budget are really quite key, kind of guiding kickoffs for any artistic projects. Mm -hmm. And after that, of course, you try and manage that process. You don't have to stick to it 100%. um, But you do want a semblance of that because as Mark says, like, you don't want to keep experimenting and asking the same questions and not getting anywhere. So, you know, looking at your proposal again, like you really have to really see, like, have you explored the questions that you really want to explore and hopefully come to a, a certain space? It's like, what's the question that this the artwork is asking? Because, like, is there immediate, urgent question that you're asking, hoping to dissect, mm-hmm. right? And it's got to be a bit punk in that sense you know it's got to be like what if this happens or is it about this dot 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 so it's got to be a bit what's the word huh um punk's a really good word yeah yeah that's that's cool yeah yeah Yeah. like um you you know you're not ready to you're not ready to accept this but if you want to propose something else then what are you proposing and that's i guess the punk attitude to it um nuance yeah a little bit. Nuance as well, yeah. Nuance as well, yeah. Do you say nuance? I did. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Punk was so much cooler. I'm sorry. 
punk is very nuanced. I'm like, Juliet, like... <laughs> it is. How dare you? How dare yeah, you say otherwise? Like, like, yeah, look at that subtle pink hair. <laughs> but there's a lot behind that pink hair. So there you go. Yeah. Plus the nuance. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, so, so you know, things have changed uh, for Five Arts Centre in that sense, right? Um, would you say there was a turning point in the history of the organisation um, at all? Would that be now that you've moved to a new space? I don't know. Yeah, could I... I feel like a really important turning point actually happened in 2009, 2010. Um, this was when Five Arts was celebrating, uh, I think at that time, our 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we made quite a radical proposal to celebrate that anniversary by not restaging the classics, you know, so um, whatever the Five Arts classics are. Lah. And, you know, uh, the, the team that was active at that time, that was Jun Tan, the director, Chi Sek Tim, um, and James, the, the actor, myself. Um, we kind of thought at that time, like, instead of um, doing the kind of traditional celebrations, we would invite four artists whose work we thought was interesting instead to um, propose projects based on um, some basic principles that Five Arts work with. So, you know, collaboration, device, stories, um, so on and so forth. So these four artists were really, really different. Some of them would not even call themselves artists. Uh, this was Fami Reza, the now very famous political activist. Um, Hardesh Singh, the composer, um, Singaporean theatre director Natalie Hennedigay, who is now the artistic director of um, the Singapore International Festival of the Arts, and um, Liu Singta, the filmmaker. Mm. So they proposed really, really different projects from carrying a house in public space, Singta's project, Project Angkat Rumah, to um, Fami Reza's student power lecture performance, you know, to try and capture the history of Malaysian student activism uh, in University of Malaya. So this, this was actually a big um, turning point for us in the sense that um, there were you know, certain debates in, in the collective about ways to celebrate our anniversary. But also this was, I think, artistically a kind of big break because we were going in very different directions. You know, Project Angkat Rumah was happening in an era of flash mobs and participatory performances and Bursay street rallies. Mm-hmm. So this was in that kind of a landscape and we were vibing with that. And then Fami Reza's lecture performance, is it a lecture, is it activism? Is it, you know, just being annoying? Um, is it a show? Um, what is it? So I think that really opened the space over the last um, 12 years um, for us to go in lots of different, newer, more contemporary directions. Um, so that, that that's from my perspective, and of course, this new this new um, move where we we're relocating from the edge of KL, Taman Tun Doctor Ismail, near where BFL is yeah. located, to um, the center of KL, the old center of KL, Pudu Masjid Jami, Bukit Bintang area, um, will open up new questions for ourselves as well, and um, we are we are waiting to confront this and to deal with this and to be inspired and to rediscover this part of town, which actually we have a very long and deep relationship with because so many Five Art Centre performances were staged in these areas of town, you know, Actor Studio, the Annex in Central Market, um, and so on and so forth. June, how do you feel about the new space? Um, when I was reading about it, um, you're quite excited to to be in this area, you know, to sort of, yeah, uh, and, and it's, maybe you were saying it's a bit counterintuitive because a lot of our arts pro, uh, programs and, and collectives are moving to the suburbs, but you're going right back into the city. Uh, tell, talk to me a little bit about that. 
Um, well, yeah, it feels very exciting because um, we also, you know, we're thinking about how many art spaces are there in the city. Uh, right now, we, I mean, that's maybe like GMBB Mall, that's one, which is us. And then I guess uh, our neighbour at La Laporte, they have a new uh, space, art yeah. centre. Yeah. yeah. And since, I think ever since uh, KL Pack in Lot 10 moved out, that really hasn't been, uh, mm. you know, an arts mm. centre in a performing art center. space. Yeah. performing art centre in space, uh, in, in the city. And, you know, this question of what is city centre also is hard to kind of like defend, right? I mean, also, I mean, the, the idea is like, you know, you walk out, okay, <laughs> you walk out of city and you, you can walk to Datuan Medica, you can walk to the river, you can walk to Chinatown, you know, you, you can walk to Pavilion, you can walk to Pudu Jail. <laughs> La Laporte. La Laporte. And, you know, you know, stuff like that. And I remember telling Mark, like, you know, if we move to the city, if there's a protest and they tear gas us, we can run back to our office, you know? And, and I'm like, hmm, that's a kind of... Critical. Yeah, critical. <laughs> Good to know, consider. right? Yeah. To know. That, that, that was the real clincher. You know, we looked at 22 <laughs> spaces, like, across the to... PJ, all that. Yeah. And um, when June said that, the collective decided, was, yes, that's it. It that's was it. the yeah, reason. We, yeah. we didn't want to crowd into MRT. Everybody was doing LRT, right? When yeah. you tell us, you ever wanted to run there. So why don't we just run to our office? Um, so... <laughs> um, I know where I can go as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to five, come to five <laughs> hours in GMDB. It's like my said, like, you know, it's, it, we're excited, but it's also tricky. Like, what does it mean to be engaging with a city that is also changing very yeah, fast? Yeah. Um, and it feels a little bit out of, out of our control um, because, you know, what are they doing to our sidewalks? What are they doing to our old trees? What are they doing to the landscape of our city? Um, they claim we have a say in it because they open it up for, you know, the KL master plan. You can come and give suggestions. But we feel quite powerless in that sense. We don't really have a, a stake in how our city looks and feels like. Yeah. Um, so currently it feels very hot it feels like full of cement it feels very impermeable which is the term that people are using now like creating permeable cities so it definitely feels very impermeable it feels very hard so what can we do as you know artists and activists in that space to help push back against that and to reimagine something else so i mean it's 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 an interesting and tricky question yeah Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's, I think it's really exciting. You know, who knows what's going to come out from there um, as you sort of respond to all these different things, gentrification, uh, you know, the, the climate crisis and how that's impacting floods. Um, you know, let's not kid ourselves, uh, right? That's yeah. going to be impacting. There's been a few since I've been there. Yeah. yeah, see, so there's all these different things and everything is interconnected, isn't it, with, uh, with you know, your work as uh, environmental activists as well um, and in terms of uh, political activism as well. It happens all, it, it tends to happen there, isn't it, those sorts of uh, events oh. as you said so it's going to be very interesting I'm, I'm really excited for you guys we're just going to go for one more quick break guys when we come back let's talk about some of the programs that you have lined up just for the month of june alone i'm speaking today to mark tay and june tan they are both arts practitioners they are activists and they are members of five arts center we're finding out more about five arts center we'll have more after this quick break you're listening to good things on the bigger picture bfm 89.9 
Welcome back. This is Good Things on The Bigger Picture, the show where we speak to good people doing good things. June Tan and Mark Tay, very, very good people joining me today. They are arts practitioners. They are activists, members of Five Arts Centre. We're talking about Five Arts Centre today. Uh, it's been creating, experimenting, educating for almost four decades now. They're going to turn 41 in just a couple of years, isn't it, guys? Um, but of course, you guys have moved to a new space, as you were talking about. You're in the city centre, downtown at GMBBKL. Uh, that's in the Bukit Bintang area. Um, lots of exciting things planned. And you've also got some new members who are part of the collective. Tell me about how you guys are moving forward. Um, yeah, so, you know, like um, new, yeah, for us, like, you know, having this new space um, also kind of marks a new chapter, right? We, we can't help but mark a new chapter after 23 years um, in the old space. So one of the things that we did was um, we invited some people to join Five Art Centre after a kind of long period where we functioned very, very loosely. And people, many people were confused as being members of Five Arts and that question wasn't so important for us. Um, so recently, the dancer choreographer, Lee Rinsen, has joined us. Um, you know, she's a really, really distinctive and I think significant um, maker of dance uh, who questions really what is dance, who can dance, where can dance be, what is dance in, in her work. Um, we've also uh, invited Faik Shazwan Kuhiri, who is a musician with the band Terror and he's performed you know, for a lot uh, of Five Arts Centre performances. And of course, recently he was with um, BFM as well. That's right. Um, and Faik's a, you know, old collaborator, as well as Shamsul Azaha, who is also a lighting designer and multimedia designer. So these are all people who are born after Five Arts was founded. Um, you know, after 1984. <laughs> okay. And we are really looking forward to, you know, new oxygen, new ways of looking and redefining and redirecting five arts. Something that June and I have spoken a lot about over the years, um, as we have kind of, you know, um, uh, kind of steered the collective along, along other members, alongside other members, is that for me, especially, I really feel like um, I'm a custodian of this thing called Five Arts Centre you know, like it's it's for other people to use. And I'm really excited to see like how this changes over time um, because that's the only consistent thing like, that it kind of changes and morphs and mutates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, June, anything you want to talk about, you know, the, the new direction? I, I don't know if you want to call it new direction, but just, you know, how things are, are playing out, I suppose. Mm. This idea of membership also is quite uh, strange for us because I think we work so closely with... Um, a lot of different people, a lot of different groups, a lot of different ideas. And often people who are not members of Five Arts are thought to be members of Five Arts because they work closely with us. So, yeah, so this, what, is this, what does this idea of membership mean? Because uh, when we joined, we didn't, we didn't get any gym membership or we didn't get any, like, there were no perks. Clearly. Like, we mean, were always saying that. Yeah, we were like... Full <laughs> copying is your perk. At least yeah. they used to... At least when we were non-members, they... They paid us, but now we became members. They didn't pay us for work, you know. They're like, <laughs> "Oh, you're a member. You can do this." Um, so we're like, hmm, "Step up, step down." Not sure. Not sure then, uh, <laughs> but let's get lines. more people in. <laughs> let's get more people <laughs> just, in. But, but just to clarify, like five months does pay like members that work on projects. It's just that we get paid last. We pay everyone else first. Yeah, now. true, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> June, I tell you, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this. You know, this idea of actually being very loose and open and kind of like diffuse is quite nice. I think, ironically, the, the word center is something that we also want to keep, want to move away from. Actually, we have moved away from. We, we haven't been centralized. In fact, if anything, we want to decentralize. Mm-hmm. Um, but we understand certain like functions need that kind of 
centering mm-hmm. um, and just mainly kind of more um, practical things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about what you guys have planned uh, uh, in the coming uh, in the coming month alone, and, and you know in the months to come. So there's a lot planned, I know, for uh, June alone. Uh, yeah. What are some of the performances that you ha- that you guys have lined up? Ah, uh, so you know we are opening our space in June, and there are actually three weekends of activities. So maybe I'll talk about the first two and June Tan um, <laughs> can talk about the last weekend of June. Um, where we'll perform a notional history. So first up, um, 10 to 12 of June, we have a um, new dance performance. Actually, it's a full-length dance performance, which is not so, not so, which is quite rare in KL, okay. by Lee Rinsen and Tan Bihang. Um, it's called Angota, and this is a dance performance um, that they are really kind of looking at inherited identities as Chinese, Malaysian, female, um, Western contemporary dance trained uh, uh, dancer choreographers. And they're collaborating with um, the, the really excellent filmmaker, Chloe Yap, lighting designer, Vicky Tan, and um, production designer, Wong Pesi, to stage this. On this same weekend, 10th to 12th June, um, there will be a screening of Rinsin's Jalan Harapan video, um, uh, where she, she has been kind of um, exploring her relationship with her Taling Jaya neighborhood over the last few years. So that, that will be on the same weekend. The second weekend, which is 18th and 19th of June, we are going to be presenting um, two play readings um, by Leo Poitin, who I really think is one of the most original Southeast Asian playwrights and still somewhat under the radar. Um, you know, Poitin's work is just excellent. She's been particularly prolific over the last few years. She's written four plays. Um, we've already done two of them as, as, as performances and, and readings. So these two plays, they are called um, Mortal Man, Two Monologues and Material Woman in the Beauty World. And they are being directed, these play readings will be directed by Tung Jit Young, the director in residence at KLPAC. Um, and these, these two events are free this weekend um, because they are just play readings. Poitin is experimenting with working with much younger practitioners, much younger actors, and she's been doing this for these series of play readings the last few years anyway. Um, and then lastly, um, from 23rd to 26th of June, we will have a performance called A Notional History. Um, June, do you want to talk about this? Yeah, so we've actually, you know, when you talked about turning points, uh, one of the interesting turning points we had was we started touring mm. uh, as a way of working. And, um, we, you know, we toured Baling to 10 different cities uh, from 2015 to 2018. Um, and we um, have done that with other shows. One is called uh, Version 2020. So this is a new work by Mark called A Notional History. Um, and it, it deals with, yeah, maybe Mark will explain a little bit more what it deals with, um, but we are bringing that show back because we premiered it in actually in Yokohama in 2019, and then the pandemic happened. So we've been trying to um, bring it to Japan and, and Brussels, um, but that obviously had to, to stop. Um, and we were invited to Brussels again this year um, because we couldn't go in 2020. So we've um, had a European premiere um, just a month ago, just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So we are hoping to bring the show back to KL and we're showing it like on June 23rd. Um, and we'll also be bringing it up to Penang um, July 16 and 17. Um, so we really hope to bring the show like more around Malaysia if we can. 
Um, and yeah, Mark, maybe you can jump in and see what the show is about. Yeah, just really briefly. I mean, the show is um, really looking at the effects of history, how history changes and yet doesn't change. The title Notional History is a play on the word a national history, let's say, right? Um, and the book, uh, sorry, the, the, the work kind of looks at the changing of content in our history textbooks. Um, post 2018 um, in our national history textbooks. Um, and of course, we changed governments in 2018. Um, so what are the narratives that are being told to students, taught to students uh, in our um, Sejarah classes? And the, the performance is told through the perspectives of three performers, the journalist uh, Rama Fauzi, who also used to be at BFM, Faik Shazwan Kuhiri, as well as uh, Fahmi Reza. And the three of them talk about their relationship with history textbooks, um, personal relationships, um, as well as um, you know the larger currents of history in Malaysia and what it means for the present. So this is the performance that will end this series of um, kind of opening month of June in um, in in Fala Center in GMAP. Okay. So it's a bit of a bangler for June. Yes. Like we have three shows. And um yeah, I you know, so we decided <laughs> to take the plunge and just and just do this um for June. Mm-hmm. Um and then tour the show in July. Okay. And then I think in other after that, after we recover <laughs> from uh this crazy June and July month, there will be also uh, newer projects from, I guess, the newer artists. They, we, we've been talking about some of the ideas about looking at it, this, the place around uh, GMBB, Jalan Robertson, um, and actually the city itself. So I think you can expect more projects that are dealing with the location, um, the idea of this space, you know, and uh, earlier we talked about what is the city centre and who makes up the city centre or why is it the centre, um, Hmm. And stuff like that, yeah. So back to that topic about centre, right? Centra- centralising. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Decentralising, of course. Well, mm. thank you so much, uh, both of you, for joining me today. Before I let the both of you go, um, of course, you know, you guys are a, non- a non-profit organisation. You know, if anyone's listening, they'd like to support in other ways other than just uh, um, coming for the wonderful performances that you guys have lined up. Uh, what What are some things that would be helpful to you guys? Um, you know, they can go to our uh, brand new website, fiveartcenter.org. There is a donate page there, um, and the details are there. You know, like um, to to donate to donate to us if they um, want to support our work and support the freelancers that that we're working with. So that's one way. Of course, uh, the best thing really is to come and see our performances, get a sense of the work if you've never seen it before, meet the artists, you know, um, join the community, talk to people, um, and and then take it from there. Because ultimately, like, see the work first, lah. You know, uh, it may not be for everyone's taste, you know. So see see the work first, you know, and and um, meet the people. Um, I just want to emphasize, uh, lastly, that uh, you know, for Angota, Liren Sin, and Tan Bihang's dance performance and a notional history, um, the Tickets for the shows will be available on cloudtix.co, so people can buy the tickets there. Um, and the Lapuetin readings are free, um, but they just have to register with Fibat. Send an email to fibatcenter at gmail.com. That's it. Okay. Uh, and everything, of course, is available on your website, and you guys are active right. on social media as well. So everything is there. Just They just need to search for Five Arts Centre, isn't it? Yeah? 
For sure, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much again, both of you, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Jun Tan and Mark Tay, arts practitioners, activists, and members of Five Arts Centre. Again, just head to fiveartscentre.org for more information. Follow them on social media. And if you miss any part of today's interview, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Good Things on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.